They said every three months they would select a child mm-hmm. out of the village to sacrifice to their um, West African gods uh, to appease them, and they lived in fear. And every village we went to, they said the same thing. They said, we hated it. We knew it was wrong, but we didn't know anything else until Christ came. And there's still, you know, thousands of villages uh, around West Africa that are still doing similar practices to that, um, that have never been reached by the gospel. And so it's our job, I think, as the American church to to be able to to provide tools and resources to push and to empower national believers to go and reach those places. They can do it better than we can. We always say the national missionary is always going to be better than a foreign missionary. And so we want to send people out into the darkness to carry the light of the gospel message. Welcome to Hope in the Margins, a podcast for Hope Community Church. It is seeking to help you connect the hope of Jesus with your everyday life in the margins. I'm Chandler Young, joined alongside Caleb Blanton, other co-hosts, and we're so excited today to offer you an episode that we recorded with Matt Karsner, missions pastor of Hope Community Church, where we get to talk about all things missions um, here in North Carolina, in Cleveland County, in Shelby, and beyond as we talk about the vision of taking this Tree of Life training that you'll hear Matt talk about to West Africa and all of the things that the Spirit of God is doing abroad and overseas. And so we're so excited that you get to hear this episode and engage in it. There will be some ways in which you can partner, and one is that you can be praying for our missionaries, Ufi and Olga, that you will hear about that are in Senegal, as well as Joe and Matt, who are partnering together in taking this Tree of Life training very similar to multiply to people in all of West Africa. So we just invite you to listen to this episode. This is part one of a two-part series that we're doing with Matt. We hope that you enjoy it. So we're joined with Matt Carter, Missions Pastor at Hope. Matt, tell us a little bit about who you are. What do you do here? Yeah, uh, so my job is Missions Pastor, but uh, in that I think uh, my main role is doing discipleship, both uh, internationally and here in Cleveland County, um, you know, missions is a form of discipleship that we're carrying the gospel to other places in the world and that we want to see uh, the gospel to grow in people. And so that's uh, just a really important part of what I do. Yeah, it's really cool. So Matt is going to share a little bit about um, some of the international work that's going on in West Africa. And it's cool because Caleb and I both have gotten to go on different trips and experience that, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But Matt, tell us a little bit about Tree Life and kind of the beginning of how uh, you've taken this training in the gospel to West Africa. Yeah, so it really starts in 2013. Um, my family moved to uh, South India with the International Missions Board, and um, that was kind of my first exposure to uh, long-term missions. You know, I'd been on a bunch of short-term trips before that, but we went specifically to be church planners in uh, Bangalore, India. And uh, when I got there, I knew that, uh, you know, with just the huge amount of population that was there, that just by myself, that there was no way I could ever make a, a big enough impact to make a difference. But I knew by training national believers, um, that uh, the power of multiplication could take over. And so that was um, just kind of a theme for me uh, as I moved over. And so I was actually handed an old training manual called Tree of Life. 
Uh, it was originally written for uh, Muslims in Bangladesh, and we were working with Hindus in India. And uh, so we took this training manual and we began to, to train it, me and my partner, Joe Fleming. And, uh, you know, neither of us were professional Christians by any means. I was a microbiologist before I went to the field. My partner was a, a state trooper. And so we just started trial and error. Um, and we began teaching this reproducible discipleship. And all that means is we taught simple biblical lessons to, to national believers. And then uh, we asked them to go and to, to use those things in a practical way, to go and train other believers, to go and share their faith, to go and plant churches. And so it was exciting to see, but it was also a lot of really hard work. Um, we trained you know, about 25 times a month where we were just in churches trying to just train up as many people as possible uh, because we wanted to get the gospel to as many people as possible. And so it, it was fun. Um, we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, we took that, that training manual that we had, the Tree of Life, and, and we really cut it down to make it uh, simple and reproducible. It, when we first started teaching it, every lesson was seven, eight, nine pages long. Um, and, and we knew that there was no way that people could learn that and then go and take it to somebody else. And so uh, we wanted to make those lessons shorter and easier, but still maintain the, the heart of the gospel in them and, and still maintain good doctrine. And so that's a really fine line there. Um, but like I said, every time we made a mistake, we would go back to the drawing board, change it, and then we would uh, we'd move forward and try again until another mistake came up. And so that's kind of how Tree of Life was born. Yeah, it's awesome. So Tree of Life, this tool that you guys use, tell us kind of how that entered into Africa and, and still is today moving in as the Spirit's leading it along in West Africa. Yeah, so in 2016, my family uh, felt called to move back to the States. Uh, we, we felt a strong calling from God to, to work with the American church to help them be more effective in international missions, use our experience uh, that we had from working overseas and just the things that we got to be a part of that God allowed us to be a part of there. Um, and when I moved back, Joe moved to West Africa. And he moved there with the intention of doing the same thing, uh, to, to take Tree of Life to national churches, to raise up national believers, and to send out um, their people to reach their country. And so when I moved back, I told him, uh, no matter what I do, I promise that I'll continue to work with you. We both have developed this tool together. We knew it very well. We had a, a really good partnership and, and working together in that. And so um, in November of 2016, I went on my first trip to West Africa just to meet some nationals there, uh, see what was going on, and to, to work with Joe as he had started Tree of Life. These were really early stages. They had just begun training churches. Um, I got to go to some of the very first churches that they were training there, and this was a completely new idea for West Africa. Uh, typically, in the last hundred years, missions in Africa has looked like missionaries coming in, building a compound, setting up a church, and then the missionary kind of does everything. Uh, Tree of Life turns that on its head, where the missionary comes just to empower national believers mm -hmm. to be able to reach their people with the gospel, and that was just kind of a core value that we had. Um, and because we were changing so much, it, it took a little while to, to really sink in and for the nationals to be able to understand what was going on in that. And so 
it was cool to see from that first trip just, uh, you know, there was some confusion. There was uh, some maybe some doubts about what was going to happen or how it was going to work. Uh, but there was a willingness of some of our partners there, specifically our two uh, main partners, Ufi and Olga Boley, who are our network leaders there. And just watching them step out in faith, even when they didn't know where it was going to lead to, uh, was really exciting. So that was kind of the birth of how we took Tria Life to West Africa. Yeah, that's awesome. So Caleb, tell us a little bit about your first experiences as you got to go to Senegal and meet Ufi and Olga. Yeah, all right. So it was November. I got it on my phone. Let's see. November of 2018. So Matt asked me to join him on about a week-long trip to uh, Senegal, and we would stay in Ziegenshore there in South Senegal, and then for a couple days traveled further south to Guinea-Bissau. And um, I'll just keep it short, but the thing that really impacted me about that was We'd been there for about a day, and then we get to Guinea-Bissau, and um, I think it's the next morning, we start the training, and I'm sitting there, and it's just kind of like this understood thing, like, okay, somebody lead us in worship, and I'm like, don't call on me, I can't speak the language, you know? Believe me, I tried, and it was, it was, it came out English. There were no interpreters. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so this guy gets up there. And he just starts singing this this hymn. I assume that they they sing every time or something. It was very common, and, I, and I've got a recording on my phone of it. And I'm gonna play that really quick, just if we can hear it. I don't know if you guys can hear the drummer in there, but it's some guy over in the corner clapping. <laughs> and it's not—it's not got a fancy microphone or sound system, and there was no lights in there. But the Holy Spirit of God was in that room, mm-hmm. and I just remember um, there was a convicting thing that, like, like a lot of times I get caught up in the comparison in American churches. Where we're like, okay, well, we, it needs to be it needs to be louder, uh, more crisp, and uh, more more lights and cameras and all that. Yeah. And right then and there, I realized there is absolutely none of that that's necessary. Now it is cool, and there's no doubting that fact. But the Holy Spirit's all we need, and that was very very clear uh, in that moment. And so um, I didn't know the song, so I couldn't sing along. I just had to listen. But I realized that. Um, whenever my eyes started watering up, I said, I just need to record this. I can't forget this moment. So I'll go back and listen to that recording on my phone from time to time. But man, it was so cool. And, and it, it, it was, a uh, it taught me right then and there that, that these people rely completely on, on the Lord, you know, and there's no, there's nothing that can, can help sustain them. I mean, there's no, I mean, talk about cash flow or anything to really keep them afloat that, they were missing work to be there in that training, right? And so, I mean, it was just so surreal and um, uh, humbling for me, but, um, I mean, I felt empowered to, uh, I was, I learned something that training, you know, and I brought it back to America, so to speak, you know, and um, hopefully that that is 
I guess, seen or, or I'm reminded of it as, as I do what I do, you know, week in and yeah. week out. But, um, besides the, uh, the long trips in that truck and, the the, uh, no AC in the entire country, um, that, that was definitely the highlight, but just in general, like until you see something that you can't even imagine the t- television and the internet doesn't do it justice till you're you got feet, sure. feet on the ground there. Yeah. yeah. What about you Chandler? Yeah. And that's the cool thing about it is, and I know Matt knows this and, but the whole time, so I got to go to Sierra Leone with Matt in January. 2021 and so interesting traveling with all the COVID restrictions and stuff like that but something I just thought about the whole time there was like this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen witnessed and I don't even know how to communicate it to people when I leave like it I, I can't do it justice I can't do justice to, to what the spirit of God is doing in Sierra Leone and in all of West Africa and what he's done is he's carried these people along and carried this tool along into different parts of West Africa. And I'd love in, in a minute, Matt, for you to share more of like the vision for that moving forward. But for me, I think I was, one, I was blown away by the vision of nationals reaching nationals um, because I don't think it's something that we hear talked about a lot. And, and the more I was there, for me, just thinking about college ministry, it's like that's exactly our vision for college ministry is that no one's going to reach college students like college students. So if we can equip and empower them to reach other college students, it's going to be way more fruitful than me and Cassie and Austin and Megan and whoever's on our collegiate team, our pastors, our leaders, going on campus and trying to reach college students. It's just it's not going to be as fruitful. We're not going to see multiplication happen. Um, the lifespan sustainability is just it's not good. Um, and so... For me, I was just really encouraged by that to see as we did this training with what, 30 pastors and leaders in Sierra Leone that we got to then, after three days of training, go see the work that they'd been doing out in, in the bush, as they call it, uh, as we rode seven hours on roads that, that weren't roads and got to experience and see people worshiping, as you said, Caleb, and just as we were there, just story after story of transformation of seeing people um, that had been transformed by the gospel, that whole entire villages transformed, turning from witchcraft, turning from child sacrifice and Islam and, and all of these brutal evil things and people trusting in Jesus and him literally transforming everything about them. Um, and it was just, it's powerful, it's, it's hard to even explain um, as I said, it's, it's something you have to see, and even seeing it was was hard to believe as well. Because here in America, at least, I I just I don't know that I've ever witnessed something so powerful and so spirit filled that people uh, just their their willingness. Uh, I think for me, a big takeaway was that I felt like no one took for granted the opportunity to read scripture. No one took for granted the opportunity that they have to share the gospel and to disciple people. And that was just some of the things that I was just really grateful for and will always uh, be ingrained in my mind, in my heart. And uh, I look forward to going back and and seeing all that the Spirit's done. And even this week, Matt, maybe if you want to share some of the stuff that we heard uh, about what's going on in Sierra Leone since we've 
since we were just there because I think it's really powerful. Yeah, you know, there's this uh, the level of beauty that we get to experience when we get to see other cultures, and I think it really opens our eyes to just how big our God is, that God is not a, a one-culture God, that mm-hmm. uh, He's created the entire world and, and everything in it, including culture and language and art. And so when we get to experience things that are outside of ourselves, it... it grows our picture of just how big our God is. And so that's one of my favorite things about taking people on trips. Um, you know, ultimately our job is to carry the gospel and to help national believers to make disciples. Um, but there's this this great uh, kind of side thing that happens in people's hearts as they just get to see um, what God has done in other places, what He is doing, and what He has created. And, and it just gives us this bigger picture of who God is. And so it's it's hard to articulate sometimes, but I think the more of the world that we get to see, um, the better our idea is about who God is and what He does. And so um, Sierra Leone was an incredible trip for me. You know, it was my first time there. It's a new country that we are expanding into for 2021. And just to see the nationals who have been working for years and doing just some incredible work using some of the principles that uh, we go and teach already without even knowing that they were using Mm -hmm. them, uh, multiplying leaders and sending people out. Uh, But they knew that they needed a tool to be able to teach um, kind of the people, the level underneath their current leadership. Uh, They had experienced rapid growth, but they didn't know how to disciple those people fast enough uh, with the growth that was happening. And so uh, they're really excited about this tool, Tree of Life. And so Chandler said we we trained about 30 guys uh, on that trip. And this is a, a continuous training, usually lasts for eight months, and that's kind of the first level. And then we do some more with leadership training, leadership development with the guys who are going and, and doing really good. And we're just in the first couple months of this training, and we've seen those 30 guys go and train 500 other people mm-hmm. in their church planning network. Um, so they're going church to church and training this and some very difficult terrain. Um, Sierra Leone is is all mountains, and so it's hard travel. And these guys are working day in and day out to carry the gospel to new places. And then from those 500 people trained, they said that they've already seen 600 new mm. decisions for Christ, and so they're training people to go out and to, to share their faith and uh, to share their story and God's story, and they're seeing the fruit of that already um, just in, in a few couple uh, short months, and and uh, I believe they said that there was already four new churches planted, uh, and so I, I think Sierra Leone is has the potential to be a next great country for multiplication just with the nationals that we've met and the the uh, area that we're in, and just the overall faithfulness of the the leaders there. I think that um, you know f- by following the Spirit, being empowered by Him, uh, that they're going to do some incredible things. And so it's exciting to be able to see, like Chandler talked about, that life transformation. You know, we got to go to villages that uh, less than a decade ago that um, child sacrifice was a common. Uh, every year occurrence, uh, they said every three months they would select a child out of the village to sacrifice to their um, West African gods uh, to appease them, and they lived in fear. And every village we went to, they said the same thing. They said, we hated it. We knew it was wrong, but we didn't know anything else until Christ came. And there's still you know, thousands of villages uh, around West Africa that are still doing similar practices to that, 
um, that have never been reached by the gospel. And so it's our job, I think, as the American church to, to be able to, to provide tools and resources to push and to empower national believers to go and reach those places. They can do it better than we can. We always say the national missionary is always going to be better than a foreign missionary. And so we want to send people out into the darkness to carry the light of the gospel message. That's so good. Thanks so much for listening to this first part of our episode with Matt Karsner, Missions Pastor at Hope. Um, You got to hear some cool insights about what the Lord is doing in West Africa and beyond. Be sure to check out part two that is coming out next week where we get to talk about what that looks like for us here domestically and here in Shelby specifically. We love you and we thank you.